Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There's a lot of things that we joke about on this show. I am not joking about this. I know how close Isaiah Pacheco is to having a thousand yards this season. I know. And I hope that the Chiefs pay him out for the bonuses. I believe he's 63 yards away. I can pull it up and get the exact number here, but I think Isaiah Pacheco is really, really close to his thousand yard incentive. I hope the chiefs just give it to him. That's what I think great organizations do. We need to think big picture, keeping our guys happy, especially the seventh round guy that has been for all our understanding, a great teammate and a great guy in the locker room to have. I want the Chiefs to pay out that bonus to Isaiah Pacheco. I want him to pay it to Rasheed Rice and give those guys the week off. You guys think I'm joking. If I was the coach of the Chiefs, LaMichael Pirine would be getting 37 carries. It'd be the Blaine Gabbard and LaMichael Pirine show for me. I would get you. I'd rather have Christian Okoye get carries on Sunday than have Isaiah Pacheco carry the football. Barry Word, Greg Hill. I've seen Kimball Anders around. He looks like he's good for one or two carries. Any Chiefs running back that you can think of, any, I'm happy with them getting carries for Isaiah Pacheco. I'd rather them let Larry Johnson get carries and then do a Kanye West speech during the middle of the game before I let Isaiah Pacheco go out there. I'm not letting him touch the field. I'm not letting him put on a jersey. He's inactive. We putting you in bubble wrap. That's how I'm handling it. So today, Rob and I were getting ready for the show. And I see Rob's computer refresh. And there was a tweet from Tom Pellicero. And it said that Dalvin Cook was being waived. So we could go play with the playoff team because, as you know, the Jets, they're not going anywhere near the playoffs. They don't have the playoffs in Bora Bora, and that's where the Jets are going to be next week. They don't have the playoffs in Tulum, and that's where the Jets are going next week. And I said almost instantly, yeah, go get him. Go get Dalvin Cook. You got Jarek McKinnon down right now. You need another option. Let's try to throw another dynamic weapon in the piece. Let's go get him. I'm here. 
And this is what Rob did. I'm serious. Rob didn't even say anything. Rob just sat down at the computer and started typing. And I could see what he was typing. He typed in Dalvin Cook stats and then hit enter. And then was like, look at this, Carrington. He said, look at this. Like, I couldn't see the screen from where he was standing. I'm standing right behind you. I see what you're doing. He said, look at this. And then he went on ESPN.com and then said, Carrington, did you know that Dalvin Cook has 67 carries for 214 yards and is averaging 3.2 yards per carry? Did you know that Dalvin Cook has as many touchdowns this season as you or I do? I don't want them. And I backed down. I did. I did. It's a true story. I backed down. We didn't even argue about it. We didn't even have a prolonged conversation. I was like, you're right. I was like, why'd you do that? Because he stinks. You know how Rob talks. Because he stinks. I was like, oh, okay. You'd like to chime in, Rob, on this story that I'm telling people? Because that's what happened earlier today. I'm telling you, Rob told me, look at this. Like, I wasn't standing right there with him the whole time. Like, I couldn't see the screen. It was insulting. To quote the youths, he's cheeks. He's terrible. He's absolutely terrible. He's the, if you change the name, no one would be interested in him because he's the definition of cooked. Last year, worst yards per carry in his career. Then this season, it was light years worse, battled injuries, and couldn't be successful on the Jets. He's 28. He plays running back. He's checking all the boxes for hard pass. You're right. Is that what you wanted to hear? You're right. What playoff team do you think is dumb enough to go pick him I, up? I think Dalvin Cook is going to be working for NFL Network next week. I don't think he's going to be on a playoff team. He might be on a team next year, you know, camp body early on in the season. You know, you fool somebody. It ain't good, man. I mean, he can be on a, he, 3.2 yards per carry is bad. It's bad, especially when Brees Hall is averaging 4.4. Like, Brees Hall, I mean, you could say, no, it's the offensive line, like, Brees Hall has still got a, he got a little, little, you know, juice left. Brees Hall's good. Dalvin is not. Dalvin cooked is who he is. So, Rob, you're right. I don't want them to go get Dalvin Cook. If you want Dalvin Cook, then you should be a proponent, like not you, but text line. You should be a proponent of trading for Melvin Gordon, because why not? Because they're the same player. I'm fine with you having Dalvin Cook as a running back this week against the Chargers. If you want to bring in Dalvin Cook for this week, sure, great. 10-day, go play one game, yeah, go home. you know, 10-day, go get buckets, you know. 10-day, we're trying to tank for the playoffs. Yeah, go ahead. Just go in there and just shoot, you know. Take all the shots you want. You're like, who is this guy? I don't even remember him. You've got Kevin Young from KU. He took 12 shots in the NBA game. How? I didn't even know he was on the league. How is he on the Warriors? I've never seen him before. All right, you were right, all right? I don't want Dalvin Cook. I don't want Dalvin Cook. I really don't. I do want to update uh, a take that I've had about the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, if that's cool with you. Uh, I do feel very good that this is the first time in 2024 that we are going to reference this movie. With the knowledge you've been given, you are now on the inside of what I like to call the Burns family circle of trust. See, if I can't trust you, Greg, then I have no choice but to put you right back outside the circle. And once you're out, you're out. There's no coming back. Mm. Well, I would definitely like to stay inside the circle. 
I am here to update you that there is only one person that has been 100% completely removed from the circle of trust. As we head into the postseason, there's only one. You guys know who it is. It's Marquez Valdez-Scantling. That's who it is. If we made a team, we might even do this in the next segment. Give me a commercial break, and I'll come up with the team. If we came up with the text line all-hate team, and we came up with the skill position guys, like we were creating our like seven on seven team, you know, I don't, I don't know how we, you know, I'm not trying to create a full offensive line here. Hey, what center did you guys hate the most? But if we were creating a seven on seven team, I'm not so certain that MVS wouldn't be one of the wide receivers. Sunday was bad. The first drop where he dropped, I mean, just what are we doing here? I mean, Mahomes put it on you. Put it right on your hip. There's nobody even around. The closest defender was at the Adams mark. There's nobody around you. The closest defender was at the Fellowship of Christian Athletes across the street. This drops it. Just casually drops it. I don't know if he was motioning his hands that Mahomes should have threw it better or just like frustration with himself. I don't know. But it was a t- it was a terrible look right there in the moment. It was a really, really bad look. I don't know if he got asked after the game. I really don't know. But just the fact that wide open, just the closest person is at the Kansas City Star building, just no one around. You just, you just, ball bounces off your hands. And then you just start motion, whatever you were motioning, it just was a terrible look. And then I just, I just, I don't know why we have to do this every week. They then throw a deep pass to MVS. A deep pass. And of course, I mean, he just, he doesn't catch it. I mean, it's just, it's just obvious. It's just, it's every single time. What do they say the definition of insanity is? It's doing the same thing again and again and expecting different results. At this point, the Chiefs are insane. There's no other way to put it. They are clinically insane. Because continuing to throw balls to MVS at this point, it's, it, it is a loss of downs. That's what it is. It is a loss of downs. It's at this point, like, which one would you rather have? False start by Jawan Taylor or a drop by MVS? You pick. It's like a magic eight ball. Which one would you like? Stop. Please, stop. I'm be- Kansas City, I'm begging you. Please stop throwing that man the ball. Discontinued. It's over. You know what's going to happen. I was thinking this yesterday. It just randomly popped up to me. He's going to make a diving catch in the first quarter of their wild card game and is going to get up like he just made the greatest catch in the world. Like, bro, it's – you're down 3 nothing. Uh, you, you made a catch on second down. Like, why are you – why are you – performing this why are you getting up and screaming you know that's gonna happen you know it's gonna happen can i ask you a question about him falling out of the circle of trust and that's fine he has he stinks are is there enough quality receivers in that room to survive if you just take him out of the circle of trust because Kadarius tony's hurt sky Moore was never in the circle hurt there's mvs so you're removing from the circle all right that means there's justin watson and rasheed rice 
Am I missing someone? Is there another human being, another human body you want to roll out there? Dalvin Cook. (laughs) (laughs) Dalvin Cook. I'm telling you, would you keep throwing the ball to MBS? I hear what you're saying, and I don't disagree with what you're saying. What you're saying makes a lot of sense. Are you willing to chance it? Are you willing to keep throwing him the football? I agree. He has to fall. He played in 16 games this year. 16. You know how hard it is to play in every game and have 315 yards and one touchdown with the amount of usage that he got this year? He was the least productive starting receiver in the league. I haven't looked that up, so I could be lying, but I find it hard to believe that there is a receiver that played 16 games and was on the field as much as him that was as, was as unproductive as he was. I refuse to believe that this was the case. I refuse. I refuse. So, no, I, I, can't, I can't do it anymore. I mean, they're going to continue to do it. You know they are. They're going to continue to do it. But I'm out. I, I'm not doing it. He had three yards against Cincinnati. He had zero yards against the Raiders. Like, we're talking about playing your best football at the most important time. It's playoff time. I know they have one regular season game left. It is a preseason game. I want you to start getting in your August mode. That's what this is. This is, this is preseason game number four, and they get a whole new season opener at home. They get a, they get a redo of playing the Lions. They get a redo. They're going to play Pittsburgh or Indianapolis. I don't know. But they have a preseason game coming up, and then they have a postseason game. I'm taking the information I got with their 16-week training camp, and I'm now executing that in their season opener next week at Arrowhead. And MVS just can't be part of your plan. What are we doing here? What are we doing? Stop it. We tried it. It doesn't work. Please stop throwing that man the football. Please do not do it again. In the month of December, he had 14 targets for 67 yards. 14 times they threw it to him. He gained less than 70 yards. Stop. Please stop doing it. Don't ever do it again. Do not ever throw him the football. It's over. Someone said, watch MVS ball out this week. Great. I want him to. I hope MVS has 200 yards receiving this week. I hope he does. I hope he cooks. You know, preseason game number four is when your backup should get a lot of run, a lot of tick. He should get a lot of opportunities. Start him at quarterback for all I care. I don't care what you have MBS do this week. I'm not talking about this week. I don't care anything that happens this week other than an injury. All I care about is next week. Don't put him out there. Please don't do it. I'm over it. I'm done. I don't want anything to do with it. Coming up on the other side, I saw a lot of people who shared an opinion this weekend, and I'm not really sure if it matters. I'll explain. Keep it right here, Sadrath. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. And I'm here to tell you, I was ready to risk it all for Dolly Parton. Brought to you by Deepest Squally Moore. Remember, Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Kansas City is Nick Bolton. Can I get a big old M-I-Z? You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. I want to play this audio for you guys. I also assume that this is relevant because it affected Missouri. I was at the Cotton Bowl. The game is different if Kyle McCord doesn't transfer. The game is different if Marvin Harrison Jr. decides to play. They had a couple other players. Now, they didn't have one single player on the defense opt out, but I'm not here to make it seem like Ohio State was not a lesser version of themselves. I would also argue that that is college football in present time, and you know that going into bowl season. So I don't really put a lot of stock in the bowl season. I obviously am happy that Missouri beat Ohio State, but they had a phenomenal season and are likely going to be a top 12 to 15 team next year heading into the season. I think they were going to be that whether they beat Ohio State or not. But it was simply fun to go see Cowboys Stadium, enjoy the pageantry of the Cotton Bowl. I had a great time. So Kirby Smart, he's the head coach of Georgia. This is what he had to say after their beatdown against Florida State. Let me say something on that because you didn't ask me that question. And maybe I'm wrong here, and maybe this will be a bad soundbite. But people need to see what happened tonight, and they need to fix this. It needs to be fixed. It's very unfortunate that they, who has a good football team and a good football program, are in the position they're in. And everybody can say it's their fault and it's still their own problem. All right? And everybody can say that we had our guys and they didn't have their guys. I can listen to all that. But college football has got to decide what they want. And I know things are changing. And I think things are going to change next year. And you know what? There's going to still be bowl games outside of those. People got to decide what they want and what they really want to get out of it. Because it's really unfortunate for those kids on that sideline that had to play in that game that didn't have their full arsenal. And it affected the game 100%. So that was Kirby Smart after the game Yesterday, a couple days ago, I don't know now at this point, all these days have just kind of blended together. You guys know that Georgia gave, gave Florida State the beats. And then Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell graduated from Florida State. He tweeted this out. Quote, bowl games are broken. We should move them to week zero so we have full participation. The playoffs should be the only postseason games that anyone plays. Here's my counter. Is it a bad thing that bowl games are broken? Like, really? I don't know about you guys, but the Pop-Tart Bowl was fun. It was fun. The Cheez-Its Bowl, the Duke Mayo Bowl, they were fun. What's broken about these bowl games? 
what happens if you win one of these bowl games? What's the positive if you win one of these? What's the negative if you win these? Aren't they a bonus? Like, it seems to me like college football is mad that the kids finally figured out that bowl games have been a hustle this entire time and now don't want to participate in the hustle anymore. I'm Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm going to be a top five pick in next year's draft. If this game had significant meaning, of course I would play. But it doesn't. Who cares if your team wins the Cotton Bowl? I assure you that no one talks about the Cotton Bowl if it's not your team that won it. Rob, who won the Cotton Bowl last year? You and I both love college football. You went to a bowl game last year. I went to a bowl game this year. Do you know who won the Cotton Bowl last year? Do you know who won the Peach Bowl? No one cares. No one remembers who plays in these games. No one cares who plays in these games. The moment that they end, why is that a bad thing? They're still fun. They're still cool. There's still something to go travel and, hey, your team had a reward for a good season. So you get to play in Cowboys Stadium. Missouri had an incredible season. Ohio State, you get to go travel and see the greatest football stadium in the world. And if they win, cool. If they lose, all right, that's fine. But all the kids get the experience of going, right? Are we mad that the kids are the ones that are deprived in this? Or are we mad that we are the ones that are deprived? I got enough Missouri football this year. I got enough Ohio State football this year. I'm good. They had an opportunity to compete in the bowl games that really, really mattered. They lost. I'm sorry that they lost, but they lost. I just, I've heard a lot of quote-unquote traditionalists of college football these last couple of days. Oh, we got to do something about this. The transfer portal, name, image, and likeness, opt-outs. It's killing bowl season. Maybe bowl season was supposed to die. Some ideas don't have a 100-year shelf life. Blockbuster was an incredible idea. We found a way to do Blockbuster better eventually. Award shows used to be incredible. Rob, you remember when you and I were kids, you would move your whole calendar around to sit there and watch it. You now can watch everything you need to watch in that award show on TikTok in two minutes. They've lost their purpose. Why are bowl games something that need to be protected? We're protecting the sanctity of the holiday bowl. That's what we were protecting. It's still the same that it always was. Something that you got on the background for the holidays. You got your people over. You can't watch a movie because there's noise happening. Hey, why don't you throw on the holiday bowl? It's still a reward if you're the Memphis Tigers that you got, not, you got asked to go to the holiday bowl and now your fans get to go to San Diego for a week. I think bowl games are the same that they've always been. The players just don't value them nearly as much anymore. And I think it's really upset the, the traditionalist, the foundation of college football. Listen, I, I agree at the core of what you're saying, but college football still needs to find a way to celebrate teams who had a good season in some form or fashion. Like, you're right. We look at Florida State, we look at Kansas, we look at Missouri, even Kansas State. We look at their bowl games and see their fun mascot fodder or a chance to get fired up for next season or whatever. But let's not forget, there are bowls that, you know, don't grab the eyeballs, that don't get the biggest allure. Like a team like Liberty or a team like one of the group of five teams who may have won eight or nine games. They go to the Boise Potato Bowl and they have a chance to win a 10th game. I feel like we need some sort of something to celebrate that team, to show, hey, the world, hey, you had a good season. You're just not Georgia, and that's okay. But 
I think for the power five, the bowl season needs to wither and die. But I think there needs to be something available for the group of five, because even in a 12 team playoff, I don't believe anyone thinks the group of five is getting more than one, maybe two teams in. So if you have a spicy nine and three, like UNLV, there needs to be an opportunity to do something on the back end to celebrate your season because you had a good season. You just don't get to celebrate it. That doesn't seem right to me either. Text line 913-586-7610. CDOT, no one is watching the other bowl games. The only other bowl game outside of the playoffs that I watched was Missouri against Ohio State. They're a waste of time. You think those kids from Florida State were going to go out there and play in a bowl game when they got screwed over? No, and that's perfectly fine that they opted out. I'm just saying is, why does it matter that they opted out? I know you guys like to, you guys will watch any football that they put on television. So all the ratings have not come out for this bowl season. So I looked at last year. Last year, the Gator Bowl between Notre Dame and South Carolina, 5.7 million people watched it. We can keep going. The Cheez-It Bowl last year. The Cheez-It Bowl, Rob. 5.3 million people watched it. The Alamo Bowl, 4.7. Last year's Cotton Bowl, 4.1. Like, I can go up and down the list. I can give you the ratings. You guys watch bowl games. That's why they keep putting them on. Now, sure, you might watch it more if they did it. But last year, Kansas and Arkansas. Kansas won, what, six games last year? Arkansas won six games. Four million people watched the Liberty Bowl last year. So stop giving me this. Nobody watches it. Yes, they do. That's why there's 41 of them. (laughs) There's 41 bowl games because it is a racket. It has always been a racket, and that's fine. The kids that are really valuable – have simply said, we don't want to participate in it anymore. It's not in our best interest. It's in your best interest. Playing in the college football playoff benefits both sides equally for Marvin Harrison Jr. Hey, I get to go up against elite-level competition. I get to win a championship. I get to show why I'm the top prospect, and you guys get my services. But we're not, we're not competing in that anymore. So, no. And that's what I think really, really upsets people is that the players finally have a say in all of this stuff. Like, I can just continue going down the line. The Music City Bowl last year, Iowa in Kentucky, 3 million people watched it. You guys love bowl games. It is one of your favorite things to watch is bowl games. Of all the sporting events, if we like what America cares about, bowl games is really high up there. You you like bowl games more than you like baseball games, more than you like NBA games, more than you like a whole lot of stuff on television. And that's why they're going to that's why they're going to stay even in the 12 team playoff. Sure, you'll get more opt outs, but it will not stop America from watching those other bowl games. It will not. The ratings have told us this time and time again. The ratings exist because ESPN really likes them and the gambling public really likes them and it keeps them incredibly viable. Coming up on the other side, Rob, let's get back to the Chiefs. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. This is The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by the Deep Esqually Moore Law Firm. Remember, Mike's got this. If you missed any of the show, catch up on the Odyssey app or at 610sports.com. I wish I'd gotten treated for my erectile dysfunction sooner. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoops. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Download the Odyssey app and listen to The Drive with Carrington wherever you are. We'll get back to the Chiefs here coming up in a bit. We're also going to be joined by Peter King of NBC Sports. He's going to be on the show here coming up in about 30 minutes or so. Always great to catch up with him. I'm happy to tell you guys that Peter King will be on through the Super Bowl. So really excited to have Peter King on the show for the remainder of the season. This is a quick little detour and we'll get back to very serious things. Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift have taken over my algorithm. I don't mind it. I like reading the stories. I like hearing all the, you know, celebrity tea and seeing the outfits. You know, I I would say that I am invested in the Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey relationship. I'm happy for both of them. They both look happy. I'm happy that she's appreciating how great our city is. I am a fan. But, Rob, I'm starting to think that maybe I have reached the end of the content road. So... Someone posted a link from Elle magazine. And the headline of the story read, fans think Taylor Swift shared her nickname for Travis Kelsey at his game. Now, Rob, if you had to guess, what do you think that Taylor Swift's nickname for Travis Kelsey would be? You would think it's something incredibly unique, like special to them, like Sugar Bear or something. Like, oh, why do you call him Sugar Bear or something? Then she tells you some cute heartwarming story of why she calls him Sugar Bear, you know? Maybe you and your girl, you know? You got a special name that you call her, you know, that only you guys need to know, right? Can I read to you the story? So in Elle Magazine, it says that Taylor Swift was in an enclosed private suite on Sunday, but that didn't stop the Swifties from trying to guess what she said in fan footage captured of her cheering for Travis Kelsey. In the footage, they speculated that Taylor was saying, come on, Trav. Trav is a cute nickname for Travis Kelsey as he revealed on his podcast, New Heights, that his nickname for Taylor was Tay, which is an abbreviation of her name as well. I realized that my life has developed into nothingness. I did. I realized that I'd maybe clicked on the worst article that I've ever clicked on, and I've clicked on some doozies. Like, when you've done this job for as long as I've done it and talk about some of the nonsense that we talk about on this show, oh, you click on some doozies. And some of them make the show and they don't. But me clicking on a story and reading that Taylor Swift calls Travis Kelsey Trav as a nickname is the lowest I've ever felt in show preparation. It's the lowest I've ever felt. I mean, I go on the New York Post every day for little fun stories, you know? I got certain websites where I can find, you know, a list or a random thing. This is when I realized that this is what I went to college for. This is what I paid off all that student loan debt for. 
So that I could tell you guys that that's the nickname that Taylor Swift calls Travis Kelsey. Trav. It was, it was a low point in my career. Maybe the lowest. It was maybe the lowest point that I've ever had. You know what I've learned? I think I probably knew it, but I've never really sat down and thought about it, talked about it, made it a part of my life. But I don't know what I've learned in the last six months, basically since Travis and Taylor became a thing. Swifties are a different breed, man. They're just, they're a different type of person. I'm not saying that as a negative or a positive. It just, they are so enamored with the person they love, Taylor Swift, that places like the L have an article about how she calls him Trav, and I promise that's the most trafficked article they put out that day. Oh, I no, promise. It was. Someone said, "See, dot that story is up there with Travis couldn't make the Eras tour because he was working stories." I love those. I did love those. Those are my favorite. My favorite. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey's story was when her birthday was on a Wednesday and then he wasn't there. And then it was why he wasn't in New York on a Wednesday at six (laughs) o'clock. And then they had, they had a statement from someone close to Travis. They had a source. (laughs) I was like, Oh, I could have been the source people. E call me. I can help you in these scenarios. I'm here to help you. Don't bother Travis Kelsey and his people. Let me tell you why he wasn't in New York Thursday at 2 o'clock. I'm going to tell you exactly why he wasn't there. I'm going to tell you. One time, he wasn't at it because they had a game. It was like, why is he not at the well, Hold on. He has to work. His schedule is right there for everybody to see. I do like how that article referred to it as mandatory football practice. <laughs> yeah, he has mandatory practice. You mean his job? His job got in the way? <laughs> I remember that. No, that was funny. No, I remember that. Uh, I haven't heard too many people talk about this now to like very serious sports things. I haven't heard too many people talk about this. Yo, Charles Minahu was incredible against Cincinnati. Like was really, really good against Cincinnati. I know that, you know, he wasn't Pacheco. And I know he's not one of the, you know, he wasn't Rasheed Rice who had another hundred yard day and, you know, I understand that, you know, he's one of your defensive linemen, but I at least want to acknowledge that Charles Aminahu was, he was, inc- he was incredible in Sunday's win against the Cincinnati Bengals. Like noticeable, jumped off the screen, was really, really good. So I just want to make sure, Rob, that that gets acknowledged, that Charles Aminahu was one of the better players on the field for Sunday in their win against the Bengals. Our friend of the show, James Palmer, he said this about the Chiefs and Eric Bieniemy. What I'd like to do is give the man some flowers that everybody said, what does he do in Kansas City? Andy Reid calls the plays. What does offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy actually yep. do with the Chiefs? I'll tell you what Eric Bieniemy does. He is the guy who held everybody accountable each and every moment they were in that building. He is the guy that coaches with a fire that actually was rubbing some players the wrong way when he arrived in Washington earlier this season. He is also the guy that I know for a fact Patrick Mahomes at times has genuinely missed, Steve, because of how Eric Bieniemy's attention to detail has pushed this offense. Remember, last season, and this is almost the exact same group, different tackles, but almost the exact same group. They were dead last in committed penalties a season ago. Fewest penalties in the NFL. Now they're amongst the league leaders yep. as an offense in committing penalties. It's that attention to detail that Eric Bieniemy brought that I think at this point of the season, we finally have to admit 
No slight to Matt Nagy or anybody else on that staff. It's what Biennemi brought specifically himself that I think is now showing its head that they're lacking it in some capacity and it's affecting this offensive unit. All right, this is a question that I have. And I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. And I understand that our job is different than their job and it's it's not comparable. I, I get all that, right? Let me just preface that before we start this conversation. Why is there not more of a responsibility for accountability for the players that are on the team that have done this before? Like, I understand the concept of accountability and through a coach, through a superior. And I don't know how, like, everybody's job is different. But, Rob, our show kind of operates independently. You and I hold each other accountable. Now, sure, sometimes our boss comes over and says and corrects you and Hey, I don't like that you did this or, you know, that, that that's going to happen. You know, like I have a normal boss the way that everybody does. But like we kind of operate independently where it's I rely on you for things. You rely on me for things. And we work together. I just keep hearing this. Well, they need to be enemy. They need accountability. They have a Hall of Fame quarterback on their team. Like he can't now hold he can't step up in his leadership role and hold guys accountable. Travis Kelsey, respectfully, you find time for everything else. You haven't stepped up in that role to be more of a leader and hold guys more accountable to what's going on. Like, I know we get our MVS jokes are off. MVS, you played in the Super Bowl. You won a Super Bowl. You aren't holding Kadarius Tony accountable and being a mentor to some of the young guys. I've felt like for the last month, we have now overcorrected on Eric Bieniemy. That we were far too critical of him when he was here and didn't give him any credit for anything that had happened. Nothing, never, on anything. If something went right, it wasn't because of Bieniemy. If something went wrong, it was because of Eric Bieniemy. And you guys were ready to get him fired, replace him the entire time. Now we have made it seem like he is the glue that was just holding this entire thing together. And now without Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs offense is just wandering around in the abyss. I, I, it's got to be somewhere in the middle here. Maybe I'm wrong. Texan, you can tell me. 913-586-7610. I'm not saying that there is no truth to it. Andy Reid's been doing this for over 20 years. He's been doing this. Matt Nagy, say what you want about Matt Nagy. The Bears made the playoffs two separate times with him as head coach. Steve Spagnola has coached in big games in this league. You've got guys that have played in really imp- and know what championship football looks like. You've got guys that have been there before, played in big games, won in big games. We talk a lot about that the responsibility for accountability has to come from the bosses. No, it's got to come from the employees and the guys in that locker room. Hey, it's on us. The coaches have told us this stuff. We've had this conversation. If we're going to go to the Super Bowl, it's going to be because of the 53 guys in this locker room. And I'm going to hold you accountable. You're going to hold me accountable. We're going to do our role, our responsibility. I'm not going to do more than I need to or less than I need to. I'm going to do my job. And if all 53 of us do our job, who knows what could happen this year. But I just I, I feel like now we have turned Eric Bieniemy, And, you know, I, I am all for Eric Bieniemy. I have been one of his biggest – I have been one of the biggest 
voices for Eric Bieniemy these last couple of years and how unfair I think EB was getting treated by the system. We've now made Eric Bieniemy a miracle worker, and it, it, it seems like an overcorrection to me. Two things can be true at once. The Chiefs can have accountability issues, and that could be a testament and a credit to Eric Bieniemy. But they also should have people in that building beyond Eric Bieniemy who are holding them accountable. You're right. It takes a little bit of accountability from within. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, I mean, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, you guys are leaders on that team. Time to be a leader. But simultaneously, all the stories, all the narrative around the Chiefs right now makes it sound like ever since Eric Bieniemy is gone, it's just when the cat's away, the mice will play type of deal. Don't they have one of the best head coaches in the history of the National Football League? I know he's player first. I get that. But you're telling me that the difference between all these issues and accountability and all this, that, and the other was the offensive coordinator? Why did it never elevate to head coaching level? And now that it has, why hasn't anything been done about it? I get that Eric Bieniemy could have had an impact. And I think you're right. Fans are now seeing that Eric Bieniemy had more impact than they imagined because it used to be just he doesn't call the plays. He must stink. He only talks platitudes at press conferences. He must stink. But how is Andy Reid walking away relatively scot-free on the fact that they have accountability issues? Eric Bieniemy is getting praised for it more than Andy Reid's being crushed for it. Yeah, no, I'm. Excuse me, that part I'm 100% with you. I just saw this. CDOT, if you guys start missing a bunch of commercials or misspelling or missing the names of the advertisers, your boss is going to come down on you. Again, I I agree. I don't want to make it seem like we have no boss oversight. I don't want to make it seem like that. But I imagine that I am the same way that many of you are at your job. I don't want to have those conversations with my boss. You don't got to tell me too many times. Like, I've been in that position before. Hey, Carrington, stop doing that. Eh, I ain't worried about that. Carrington, stop doing that. Uh, At some point, I'm tired of having the conversation and tired of having the meeting. I don't want to keep doing this. So at at some point, like, we keep saying that the accountability has to come from an external source. If the Chiefs are going to go to the Super Bowl, the accountability has to come from internal sources. That has to come from that guy's in that locker room. We think Patrick Mahomes is the most popular player in the league. Some of you guys think that players are willing to take less money because they want to play football with Patrick Mahomes. You know the amount of respect that that is, that you got to have for somebody else? And we're not talking about like small five, dollars $10,000. We're talking significant amount of money. If that person can't go to you and tell you you messing up, then you just don't have that level of respect for them then. You just don't have it then. I'm not saying you got to be a dictator or any of those things, but I just can't imagine you being really great in a team setting. If the accountability doesn't come from the guys in that locker room, especially the veterans and the guys that have done this before, the guys like Chris Jones that have been there before and played at really high levels, guys like Nick Bolton who have played in Super Bowls, won big games, Sneed, won big games, Travis Kelsey going to the Hall of Fame. The accountability has to come from them or or they're losing. Like some of these things, if we're still talking about accountability in two weeks, they lost. If we're talking about accountability in three weeks, they lost. That's a cool conversation now to have. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But if that's a conversation that we're having on January 17th, then they got eliminated from the postseason. (laughs) Then they're out. And we can enjoy the postseason worry-free. We shouldn't be having these conversations anymore. Not this late in the season. Not in the new year. Not in the new year. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll be joined by Peter King. For my money, he's the best writer covering the NFL in in the world. 
in the league. Uh, my guy Nick Wright is what he had to say earlier today on his show. Of course, the computer wouldn't work. Now, when I want to hit the button, here it goes. They are playing a playoff game Sunday night. They then play, would be playing another playoff game and another playoff game and another playoff game to get to the Super Bowl. Anyone that has watched the Bills this year and thinks they have any chance of stringing together four straight sure. excellent games is out of their mind. Now, can they beat anyone any given weekend? Yeah, but they can also be trailing to Easton Stick with 30 seconds left and have a game where the other team turns the ball over four times in the first 20 minutes inside their own 30, including yeah. a pick six, and be, try to lose that one. You guys know how I feel about Nick Wright. That's my brother. You know that. I feel like Nick's being a little hypocritical here and a little biased. Because if you have the opinion that Buffalo is going to have to play four dynamic games in order to go to the postseason, and you don't trust their ability to do that, and that's why they're not going to the Super Bowl, I don't think that that is a bad opinion. I don't. I really don't. I think that is a fair opinion. We might disagree, but I don't, I don't think you're wrong for thinking that. Then you got to tell me why Kansas City can do it three times. You got to tell me both then. If you're telling me that Buffalo hasn't played consistent enough, that they got to play at this level three consecutive weeks in order to win the Super Bowl, we're asking Kansas City to kind of do the same thing. Now, they, it's one less. Like, Buffalo has to beat Miami or they're done. But if Buffalo gets the two seed and you were telling me the only team they got to go on the road to play is Baltimore and in round one they could get Pittsburgh, Indianapolis. In round two, they could then possibly for the first time get Patrick Mahomes at home. If there is a team that I think wants to play Kansas City, I think it's Buffalo. I know they got Patrick Mahomes. I know they've knocked them out of the postseason. I think if you go the same way that we saw on quarterback, you remember when they showed it and Mahomes was with his friends, and they're like, well, who do you want to play? And I can't remember the team on top of my head, but he was like, they're the better matchup for us, but I want Cincinnati. Remember he said that? He's talking to his friend. I think Buffalo is doing the exact same thing. We want the two seed. And we've obviously Kansas City's a three seed. We want Kansas City coming to us for the first time. And going there in 2020 COVID where nobody in the stands, you didn't go to Buffalo. You didn't go to Buffalo. They Patrick Mahomes has never been there before. Not with that fan base, that crowd, that intensity, and you know they're going to be turned up. So you guys know, again, I, I will tell Nick this. I'm sure he will be on the show in the next 14 days or so. If you're going to have that stance about Buffalo, you got to tell me why you feel very differently about Kansas City and their ability to put a run together. Because at this point, you were asking the Chiefs and the Bills to possibly do the exact same thing. We've talked about a lot on the show. Because earlier in the year, you were down on the Bills. Josh Allen turns it over too much. That's why they're not winning the Super Bowl. I don't want to say you and Nick were in total agreement. But earlier in the season, you were down on Buffalo. And I consistently pointed out, the Bills and the Chiefs are the exact same. What's that Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at each other and they're both Spider-Man? That's the Chiefs and the Bills. Both those teams have enough talent to win a Super Bowl. They do. They have the prerequisite talent. They have the guy at quarterback. Even though Sean McDermott's not to Andy Reid's level, I think they both have good enough coaches to end up in Vegas in February. But they also have massive Achilles heels where you can point out and say, that's why they won't go. So, I get how it works. Nick has to go on FS1 and be like, yeah, 
The Bills aren't gonna aren't gonna string together four playoff games. It just won't happen. No chance. The Chiefs are what? Three and or four and four in their last eight? That's not the team that reeks of they can put three together. That's a Spider-Man meme. Coming up in a little bit, we're gonna be joined by Peter King. Just reading this. CDOT, I agree with you. I do think it's a little bit hypocritical. I would guess that Nick's thinking is that Kansas City has done it before and the Bills haven't. And again, I, that is a that is a very fair point. If you are expecting Kansas City to turn it on in the postseason, again, I, I don't disagree with you. I have not eliminated Kansas City. There is a pathway. There is a formula for Kansas City to make a run. But you can't be out on Buffalo and in on Kansas City, in my opinion. You can be out on Miami. You can be out on Indianapolis. It's perfectly fine. You can't be out on Buffalo, but in on the Chiefs. No, not in my opinion. I, I know. Mahomes, Reed, I get it. Super Bowls, I, I get it. Watching the two teams play this season and watching the way Buffalo is playing of late versus how Kansas City is playing of late, you can't completely dismiss Buffalo, especially if they win on Sunday. If they win on Sunday and they got the home game and they're going into the game with that level of momentum, they're not losing in round one of the postseason. They're not losing. I don't know who it would be. I don't know all the scenarios, like 18 different scenarios. Buffalo's beating Pittsburgh at home. They might give them the beats at home. Like the absolute beats is what they might do. That's the worst case scenario for Kansas City. If you're telling me Kansas City potentially, like imagine this path. Let's say that everything falls the way that it could, right? Their pathway is Miami at Buffalo at Baltimore to go to the Super Bowl. That could be their path. Yikes, that's tough. I mean, that's one of the toughest paths that we've seen in quite some time for a team. Coming up on the other side, we'll be joined by Peter King of NBC Sports, our Odyssey insider. Peter King is going to be on the show every Tuesday from now until the Super Bowl is over. Really excited about that. Peter King next. Keep it right here. It's the drive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 